0: I'm Juju Lindsay from the Reading Fringe Festival, and you're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.
1: Hello! Hello. I'm Jenny Slevin. I'm Jonathan Leif. And I'm Tom Canning, and welcome to episode 25 of The Real Reading Podcast. We're recording this on Thursday the 19th of July, and this week's guest is Juju Lindsay from the Reading Fringe Festival. If you're enjoying our ramblings about Reading, please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Friday morning. And if you want to get involved in the show, you can find us on Twitter at Real reading Pod, Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast, and we're on Instagram, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also check out our new podcast index with all the major talking points on past shows at www.inyourarea.co.uk slash rrpindex. As well as the interview with Zhuji this week, uh, we have all the usual features, including what we've liked this week, and Fort Explains It All, uh, which this week is hosted by Jenny. So, Jenny, what is Fort Explains It All about this week?
2: Fort Explains It All, with special guest Jenny Slevin, this week is about Reading Central Club.
1: Okay, excellent. Um, and talking of special guests, uh, there is no Hugh this week. So, who have we got in place of Hugh? It's none other than Jonathan Lowe. Hello, John.
3: Hello. The most special guest of them all. I like yes, to
1: think. the specialist of special well, guests.
2: Well, we were discussing it before we started recording, weren't we? And we yeah. said that he was a step up from Hugh, but probably a step down from 70s soul legend Steve Colazzo. Yeah. And, and Suggs from Madness, who have been a pretty high level yeah. special guests we've had on recently. To be fair,
1: probably also Jacob Klein. A little bit of a step down from him as well.
3: Oh, special. <laughs> um Did you say you wanted to be back on this podcast? Oh, or no. Not? No, no not at all. Just day today, business. really.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, how how are you, John? You're right. Yes, yeah, all good, thank you. What's yeah. going on? Uh, it's very warm outside, isn't it? It really is. It's still That's, warm. I can't uh, believe how warm it yeah, is. Yeah, that is
3: what is going on. Um, yeah, getting ready for the new Reading FC season, really.
1: Yeah, but have um, had a bit of bit of news. Um, not necessarily Reading FC news, but a bit of news for you, haven't you? You're you're doing something a bit different now.
3: Yes, we've had a bit of a change. Um, we've gone from Championship news to Football. London.
1: So big change. Yes, very
3: much so. Well, Um, it is a big
2: change because it means that Reading is now part of London.
1: Yes, which of course it is.
2: Yeah, Greater London. Greater. We're finally a (laughs) city!
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, given that Crossrail is coming to Reading and uh, we have Reading City Football Club, I think it's only inevitable.
3: I think if you look at the the, the Crossrail (laughs) line, the Elizabeth line, I think it is, it starts in Reading, ends in London. So, I mean, mean, what better way to...
1: Why not? To start I mean, it all off then have oh, a site which covers Reading. All joking aside, it's basically just a platform, isn't it? Yes. And um, your content will go on there, and all Reading fans will be able to see the stuff on the Facebook page, the Twitter page, your own Twitter page, and all that kind of thing, right? they?
3: Indeed, yeah. we've still got the brand accounts. Yeah. At, Get Reading, at Get Reading FC. <laughs> um, just give them. You can't push. push your
2: own Twitter account. No, on this no, podcast. that's right. it's not Is my it? own. It's the brand. It's all about <laughs> at Real Reading Pod. <laughs>
1: Um, so I think I think that is literally the, the length and breadth of our Reading FC chat on the podcast. Because I know uh, there's plenty of other good podcasts which oh, you are also on, aren't you? Oh yes, of course. Well, we won't reveal that just no, yet. But you're you're <laughs> on some other Reading podcasts as well, aren't you?
3: Yes, I am. I, am I allowed to? Uh, of course you are. Of course um, you are. <laughs> I'm on the Elm Park Royals podcast, um, usually once a month. Yep. Will we get getting going again uh, in the new season? Fantastic. So looking forward to that. It that's, uh, that's usually comes out I think on a on a Wednesday evening. And uh, we'll be discuss- discussing all things threading on and off the pitch and hopefully talking about lots and lots of victories.
1: Victories, goals, and success. Indeed, which is
3: basically the opposite of what we had last year. So. <laughs> is there another one you're on? Not that I'm aware of. I thought you People were on the Tirehurst End making... podcast as well. No, I've never been. Oh, have you not? never been invited. That's awkward. So, the uh...
1: Tirehurst
2: End podcast, Jonathan Lowe, is primed and ready to go if you do want to come yeah. on as a special yeah.
1: guest. I mean, since we've already blown our chances with getting him back. By being rude about earlier already. I'll have to explore, explore other options. <laughs> See who
3: pays me more.
2: Oh, well. A payment?
1: Wow, okay.
2: I think you'll be waiting a long time for yeah. us to pay
3: me. I'll be patient.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay, on to what we've liked this week.
2: This week I have very much liked the new kind of relaunch at the Lindhurst pub. Um, Eagle eyed. Regulars may have noticed that at the beginning of this week on Monday and Tuesday the pub was closed it hasn't closed down Good. it's just gone through a bit of a revamp um, so what they've decided um, well it's, it's Chris Doward who's the lan- landlord and chef there and what he's decided is that he wants to create and launch a new kind of fine dining menu casual fine dining menu to entice diners away from Reading Town Centre's chain restaurants and into the Lindhurst and um, and to do that, and in an attempt to make a bit more money, they've decided that they're going to stay closed on Mondays and Tuesdays and then be open from Wednesday to Sunday each week. Okay. So something a bit, it's a bit different, you know, you don't hear about many businesses closing <laughs> no. to, to make more money. But I think if people are going out for a nice dinner, they're more likely to do it at the end of the week than the beginning of the week, presumably. Um, and so th- what I've liked basically is that the Lintest isn't closed but it's just closed on Mondays and Tuesdays okay. from
1: now on. It seems seems strange that maybe it's not opening just as a bar on Mondays and Tuesdays. But I guess the
2: they still have to pay for yeah. electricity and staff and and all of that stuff. So I think I think probably I, I mean it is an interesting move, and you know it might change if they if they decide that it's not working. Then there's a of chance course, yeah. that it could change. Um, but Chris is um well used to to running good good pub restaurants. He used to be the the head chef of the cricketers in warfield oh um, yes and, and won awards there. Um, and he's going to be working with local suppliers as well, which is obviously a really, really nice change from kind of Reading's chain restaurants. So he's going to be getting his cheese from the Grumpy Goat, he's going to be getting his meat from Tarhurst Village Butchers, and his fruit and veg is going to come from Dudman of Bracknell.
1: Oh, OK. Flashback to my childhood there. I once knocked myself out falling off the slide at the Cricketers in Warfield. Did you? Yeah, not a great day.
2: <laughs> um, are you OK now?
1: Uh, I think so. I mean, it was a long time ago, but I think the scars are probably still there.
3: I love the way you remember little things like that of your childhood.
1: Yeah, do you not? Do you not
2: remember anything from your childhood?
3: Not, not too much
1: no Sort of got to like 16 so, and seventeen yeah, and then
2: the pain of there. growing up in Southampton. Oh, Portsmouth. Grew up in Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Oh yeah, that's worse. Yeah, my yeah.
1: brothers moved down to Portsmouth, as I think we've discussed before. But yeah, um, so mean streets are Pompey
3: Lovely, uh, lovely place. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm. yeah
2: okay. <laughs> it's not
3: just mean streets. Come on.
1: Mm, they're pretty mean.
3: There's some nice streets as well. Okay. All right. Moving on to some yes. other I don't mean streets. have a mean bone in my body.
1: That's true because yeah. <laughs> I
2: kind of feel like Jonathan's just saying things. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't really into each other. Talking about other mean streets,
3: Jonathan, yes. what have you liked this week? Um, I liked my streets into work. That is now, an incredible. That's link. a great segue. Isn't well it? done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a yeah. There's there's things I like and dislike in Reading but the walk to work is it's not a bad one
1: it's pretty nice I've done it a few times with you we've walked that so going along
3: Tarlass Road um, coming down to Oxford Road you kind of see every side to Reading yeah you you do you see it lots of people kind of commuters school kids um, people opening up shops trailers
2: people coming home from the night before from the (laughs) night before (laughs) occasionally as well
3: yes Um, yeah you get Get down buses, to cars, lorries—it's great. Get down to the
1: IDR as well, which we're big fans of on this podcast. The
3: thing is, like, I could just drive into work and be cocooned in a car. Yep, and just come straight into work. Whereas right. it's just nice, kind of meeting meeting other people. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily to talk to you, but just see the happy faces in the morning. Do you I'm...
2: say morning to anyone? Rarely. <laughs> Do you give anyone which is quite kind of a shame like a, actually? A coy smile and a nod.
3: Yes, occasionally. Yeah. Some people ask for it. <laughs> like in a nice You're Jonathan, no. Can you give me a coy smile and an audience? Yeah, I'm always recognised. <laughs> no, but it's nice, though. I, I mean, I mean, you know, I love things, all things about France, but in France, they say it all the time. I think that they should, we should get that started in England. What, like just get smiling like at smiling, No just yourself. saying like good morning, good afternoon, okay. good evening to people We don't do it enough We need to no. interact yeah, okay. with each
2: okay. other
1: more That's fine
3: I, I, I do mean,
2: regularly say morning to people morning. on my walk to work And they just look at me like
1: I'm a loon I, I tend, if I'm, if I'm doing it, It's because I can see the other person wants to mm. I wouldn't do it like An unwanted nod or an unwanted well, some morning. people
2: blank
3: don't they Or yeah, like yeah. Look, look towards the ground
1: Do you think that's a campaign you want to get started? We could start a petition.
3: I think, yeah, i would be fully behind that. Okay. I mean, in in France, obviously, as well, they say, like, morning sir, morning madame. I don't say you have to go (laughs) to those dates. But certainly just the morning. I believe, actually, they
2: say bonjour madame and bonjour monsieur. Bonjour bonjour, bonjour. I can't do it. I do. Let's
3: just say it in French uh, here as well. Yeah, we could do, couldn't we? Let's just start being French. Confused.
1: Mm, Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe. Tom? No. Um, I was, no, I was just going to mention one of the. Having walked with John uh, to work a few times in the morning, one of my favourite things is when we walk past the fish and chip shop that has never opened and how annoyed he gets that the fish and chip shop has never opened. Still annoyed, I looked at it last yeah.
2: night. What do you mean it's and like. never no, ever opened or it's not open at 8am in the morning? No, they've gone as far as
1: painting like a nice sign on it and stuff and, and it's all there. It's clearly supposed to be a fish and chip shop, but it, I don't think it ever actually opened a business it's a real shame Someone I,
3: look I into would this. have given it Well, so we should. business <laughs> no I think we did mention it uh, we, um, when there it. was a sign up
1: ok we've taken the sign down but it's just an empty unit now what is well, this is on Tireless Road so if anybody knows about the empty fish and chip shop on Tylers Road we'd love to hear from you <laughs> uh, mine this week um, mine is a little bit of a silly one but um Reading Buses uh, our favourite Reading Buses not um, this again no good no, what well, is this? On their new app, they've, they've got a new app which, you, which I had a little bit of trouble with because I tried to sign into it again, and no matter how many times I tried, I couldn't get the password reset to work. So that was really quite frustrating. However, so I set up a new account, and when I go into it, when you buy your ticket on the bus, you now get a nice little word of the day as well. So it was so you get your, your um, was it a QR code that you scan, and underneath it, it's got these little rotating things, and it just has a random word in there. Which yesterday for me was cheek.
2: Mm. So Did I was it tell you what the word means? Or no, just a to it just said cheek. So I'm just
1: now trying to get those words into daily conversation. Okay. So. Have
2: you had
1: any others? Uh, I have. I can't remember any of them, though. Oh. So I'll I'll maybe bring this up every week and we'll just see what yeah. my words of the day this week were. I'm looking
2: forward to finding uh, out. I think, three, I
1: think you'll see the ratings go through the roof. <laughs> but yeah, well done running buses. That was just... A, I don't know what... I have no idea why it's there or what it's for, but it was just... God, cool. Well
2: clearly they don't listen to this otherwise they would have already taken us up on our advertising office. Well yeah clearly um, yeah and we'd
1: be sitting in a nice opulent um, surroundings by now with oh, all the yeah, money yeah. of course. But. Just
2: stacks of cash <laughs> <just piled laughs> around us. Probably could have paid John actually. <laughs> um, but if on the off chance anyone from Reading Dosses is listening
1: yeah please tell like us. What, know
2: what the words are about?
1: Why are the words there? What are they for? That would be excellent. Um, you just before we move on and um, you had something from another podcast that you listened to, didn't you?
2: Yes, I did. I forgot to mention that. So I've been listening to, and you listen to I listened to this well. as well, it's yeah. called Quickly Kevin, Will He Score? It's a, the 90s football podcast. It's a fantastic presented podcast. Presented by Josh Willicom and someone else. A couple of other people, yeah. yeah. Um, and they've been doing some World Cup specials during the World Cup. And the, in the latest one, they've been talking about a Reading FC player who came all the way from the World Cup. Bulgaria. Yes, he was playing for Bulgaria. I can't remember his name. The
1: Bulgarian goalkeeper, Bobby Mihailov, I believe we've pronounced that correctly, John.
3: Yes. Um, Mihailov. I mean, I was barely around in 1994,
1: but yes, I reckon Okay. Yeah, Um, yeah, Bobby Mihailov. And and what happened to him?
2: So, after the World Cup, he signed for Reading. And rumour has it that when they kind of went over to seduce him, or woo him, I think is probably a a better phrase... um, He was shown a video of Reading's playoff finals at Wembley and he thought that Wembley was Reading's ground and that was the kind of crowd he could (laughs) expect every game, Um, which unfortunately wasn't true. I think they were still at Elm Park in 94, weren't they? I think so, yeah. 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 Marvellous story. So he he rocked up at Reading expecting (laughs) to be playing at Wembley Stadium and actually played at Elm Park, which isn't far off, to be Mm. fair.
1: No, and at the very least, he might have expected a dog track. (laughs) <laughs> which is what they had around the Wembley pitch didn't they So I'd say the atmosphere is pretty
3: better at Allen Park than Wembley yeah okay
1: we, we, I mean, mean,
3: not that I ever went to the I old it say, was the old Wembley wasn't
1: it as a Portsmouth supporter you never would have gone to the old one would you really so. no. Okay. <laughs> oh. okay moving swiftly on um, it's now time for Fort Explains It All with
2: Jenny Slellan I am talking about Reading Council's sale of the Central Club. Um, It's obviously something that we've spoken about a couple of times on the podcast, Um, but on Monday night at a policy committee meeting, Reading Borough Council revealed that it had sold Central Club um, to a developer and it's going to be turned into flats, um, which I think everyone was probably expecting really, weren't they?
1: Just remind us um, the central club. Where is it? Why central is it so important? As club
2: well? is just across the IDR. If you walk out of the uh, the Oracle kind of car park, where yeah. the big roundabout is, um, and central club is probably most m- most known by people in Reading for the Black History mural that's on the side of it. So we've spoken about this a couple of times. Um, the council had made the mural and um, community asset of value, or an asset of community value, or those three words. In, in, in an order. In an order. I don't know which one. <laughs> um, and so the developer will be turning the site into flats, but it will be keeping the Black History mural, which has been yeah. preserved by, by this council order. Um, the council did also reveal on Monday that if it hadn't preserved the black history mural it could have made an extra 1 million pounds on the site wow. so you kind of get the impression from that that you know they were they, they were really committed to keeping this mural intact yeah. um, and I know that it's 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 something that the um, black community in Reading has been kind of arguing for um, for the last few months since this report came out.
1: It was quite a, um, uh, from from reading the report, it was quite um, uh, uh, an emotional meeting, I think, it wasn't was, it? It
2: was, yeah. Um, Aspire, CIC, which is kind of a community interest company, yeah. um, which kind of represents the, the black community in Reading, had been bidding to use the site itself as a community centre. Um, There was all sorts of uncertainty about how much money they'd managed to raise to to buy the site. They said that it was a certain amount of money. The council said that they couldn't confirm that because it was in a private bid, but that it wasn't that amount. Um, So it's it's all been a bit confusing and secretive. But developers Redline have now bought it. They're going to build a seven-storey block of flats. On the ground floor of that block of flats is going to be a community space which Reading Between the Lines, Reading's professional theatre group, has just signed a 25-year lease for. OK. So um, I think from, from that point of view, the area is still going to be used by the community. Reading Between the Lines have spoken to us um, about what they're planning to do with the site. They're going to use it as a rehearsal space. They're going to have kind of summer acting schools for children there, and they're also going to work with other kind of theatre groups um to be able to use it as a theatre space. And Toby Davis, who is um the kind of director Reading Between the Lines, said that Reading has just got a lot better because of this. Um so I think Reading Between the Lines um did the Henry the First play and the Matilda the Empress play. Okay. Um, they've done loads of work kind of around the history of Reading Abbey and they are a real kind of community focused theatre group. So it, it is going to be used for the community, but obviously there are and then also yeah. going to be six floors of flats above it, which I think is what everyone was expecting. Um, but yeah, like you say, it is just, it's all kind of fraught with tension because of this, this desire for Aspire to keep it in community use and the desire from the council to sell it. Yeah. But the good news is the mural will be preserved. Um, and I think that's it, really. I can't. I can't
1: think of a more prominent piece of artwork. I think in Reading. No. I don't think. I mean, obviously, there's things like the the lion, uh, the Maywand lion. Um, there's there's the prison, of course. But a lot of these things are kind of, and and of, not to mention the Abbey. For but a lot of these things are kind of hidden behind. Mm. Other things, whereas the the mural itself is just there, front and center, right in the center of town. And I think I, I must admit, I don't think I've ever particularly kind of studied it. But that would go for any other piece of artwork in, in Reading. Unfortunately, I'm just not that. Yeah. My mind isn't isn't doesn't work in that way. It's but, very eye catching. But isn't it's it? it's certainly one of the most eye catching pieces of 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 art in in the in the town. I think it's city then, um, uh-huh. and and. It would have been a massive shame to lose it, and I think it's it really, really important. And I'm really glad that it's being kept or being saved at the very yeah. least. Yeah,
2: it, it, it is. It is brilliant news that they are preserving the mural because I, I certainly remember just like I. I always knew that we were nearly at my uncle's house and we <laughs> <rest laughs> when I was a little girl. Um, and and you know it's, it holds it holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts in Reading, yeah. and it's it's been there for a really long time, and it's really great that it's not going anywhere. Yeah. it does need a little bit of work doing to it to kind of clean it up and repair it in places. Yeah,
1: I did know some, some of the bit some of the written wording on it seems to have lost its uh, lost its shine a little bit. So like, there's, there's certainly gets bits of restoration that need to do yes um, John, when you you're obviously a bit newer to Reading than than us two. Um, yes. What were your sort of first impressions?
3: First impressions um, of, of the of like the, the you mean mural when you of the mural when you sort of saw it. Well, yeah, <laughs> certainly very um, eye catching. I think quite really know what it was about and kind of what its uh, connection with Reading was. Um, but it's obviously something which is um, you know interesting and adds a bit of culture and colour um, to the area because. Um, well, like you said, it's, it's, I mean, obviously it's going to be flats, but it's a, it's a bit of a change yeah. from seeing flats, car parks and, uh, <laughs> and the like um, around town. So, um, yes, yeah, yeah. it's obviously it's great news to, to see it um, keeping going. And um, like you said, it's, it's not really a somewhere where you sort of go over to it and examine it close up, but it's something you pass by, whether it's in the car or on the bus yeah. or whatever. Um, and it's, um, yeah, it's just a... a something different you don't really see many of those in the country
1: really I you don't I think the only one the only other one I can think of is the one of the cows on um, at, the cattle, at the cattle market yeah which is I, I keep meaning to ask about that one about what that was it's obviously a cattle market so that's why it's there I think that's just, probably yeah, <laughs> <a> the <different laughs> um, do we know do we know when the mural went up
2: um not off the top of my head, I have seen that information on Get Ready. but yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. I know that it was it was kind of painted by members of the Black community who had all who were all kind of members of the central group yeah. who used it as a community centre, um, and, and they all kind of got together and painted it together. So it is, you know, it is a really nice symbol. Yeah, um, and I'm really pleased that it's not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, the the club itself was, uh, it's been um, out in 2006, close, and it's been, quite, and yes. it's been de- derelict was the word I was looking, it's been yeah. derelict for quite a long time as well hasn't it, so I, I guess any of these things, a the town centre space is going to be ideal for, for snapping up, it's only just down the road as well from the After Dark Club, which is which, which is. we've discussed on several occasions as well, and the different sort of planning applications going on there, so thanks Jenny that was, uh, it was really interesting it's, it's obviously as I say quite an emotive subject so I hope we've kind of tried to cover it a little bit sensitively as well um, but other than that thanks Jenny
2: that was Slevin explains a little bit
1: <laughs> as much as she can <laughs> um, okay now it is time for our pre-recorded interview with Jujie Lindsay from Reading Fringe Festival roll the tape
0: I'm Gigi Lindsay from the Reading Fringe Festival and you're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.
1: Hi everyone, I am here with Juji Lindsay from Reading Fringe. Hey Juji. Hello. You've brought a little special guest with you this morning. Who's I've this?
0: Got, I've brought Ray, my third child. Your
1: third child, blimey. Yes,
0: I've got the girl. Oh, finally. <laughs>
1: is that, that's, that's, that's all sorted then. You've got this complete selection. Yes, complete yeah, selection. yeah. The,
0: the, 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 How old is Ray? Ray is three and a half months.
1: Blimey, blimey. We're looking good for it, so I don't know if that's appropriate to say or not. But <laughs> Yeah, hey, that's perfectly um, appropriate. <laughs> all babies look the same to me. So um, how is Reading Fringe going? Talk to me a little bit about, I'll, I'll ask that question again in a minute. Let's start, let's start properly from the beginning. Tell me about Reading Fringe. What is it?
0: So Reading Fringe started six years ago. It's based on the concept of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is one of the largest um, art festivals in the world. And uh, the concept is is that it's a real mix of arts events that happen throughout the month. Um, there are over 4,000 events that take place in Edinburgh yeah. throughout the month. And then there's also the Brighton Fringe. So we're very much using um, that format for Reading. So we have a combination of all sorts of events happening throughout the week um, in Reading. Uh, it ranges from comedy and cabaret, family events, film, installations, music, dance, spoken word, storytelling, talks, workshops, theatre and musicals. And the great thing about it is that um, none of them really run longer than an hour. Yeah. So you don't go into any of these things feeling like you are trapped (laughs) if you don't like it. Um, And and it's an experience for everyone, really. You you know, you might walk into something that you absolutely love. Yeah. um, But you might watch something that you're not too sure about either. So... The good thing about that is that you're not stuck in there for longer than an hour. <laughs> Excellent.
1: Well, that, I mean, that, that's always always a good thing. I mean, um, so there's, there's going to be installations all across all across Reading. Um, where, where are we talking about? Where are the main areas?
0: So there are 18 different venues wow. in Reading this year. I didn't know
1: there were 18 different venues in Reading, to be perfectly okay. honest with you. We,
0: we create these venues okay. around the town. Um, so we have pop-up venues at Station Hill, which is the space yep. just outside of the Reading station. We have, uh, which is the Fringe main stage. And then we have another pop-up venue in the Broad Street Mall. And we're also taking over the Oracle Riverside this year. So there'll be pop-up venues in those three areas. Uh, The uh, the Broad Street Mall is a circus tent that we're putting into the main (laughs) marketplace inside. So that should be fun. Um, At the Oracle Riverside, we have an art installation, which is going into one of the lifts on the Riverside car park. And that's being created by Kev Munday, who's one of the um, top British artists to watch at the moment. He's quite local. So that should be really fun. And then uh, we also have another art installation going in at Whitley Woods Community Centre. But other venues include Merle, the Museum of English Rural Life, the Purple Turtle, obviously, uh, the Reading Abbey, South Street Arts Centre, the Rising Sun Arts Centre, the Three Guineas, uh, the Concert Hall, Actually, no strike that. It's now St Lawrence's. <laughs> it's one of the beauties of yes. Fringes. It's very... It keeps changing. Yeah, it keeps changing. At a Penta Hotel and the Reading Minister.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So, saint Laura, that's the church with that famously had the um, scaffolding on it for, for probably 40 years or so. Oh, right. Um, yeah, about, I
0: didn't know that, actually. Oh, I was, it was famous.
1: <laughs> I think, it, I believe uh, Hugh will correct me when he, when he listens back to this, but I think it was almost listed status, I believe, uh, at some point. So. yeah. Um, okay, so I mean, we talked about mentioned sort of Edinburgh Fringe. Now, for the uninitiated, and I include myself in this, that suggests that I would know Edinburgh for the Comedy Festival. Is that the same thing, or are we looking at two kind of different things?
0: Um, see, I, I'm not aware of the comedy festival, right. so uh, it might be the same thing. Or it,
1: I suppose in that case, I think Fringe is known for its comedy. Yes, so it is. it's that. I think I'm probably talking across purposes. There. I think Edinburgh is well known for its comedy. So is that something that, that you focus on here as well?
0: Yeah, we have a, a really, really wide um, comedy lineup this year, and actually there are acts from all over the world wow. um, coming. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Like so, we've got uh, the Bad Luck Cabaret. Uh, She travels around all of the fringes. So she's been to Adelaide Fringe over in Australia, um, up to Edinburgh. She kind of does all the fringes. So we're really lucky that she's coming to Reading this year. And then uh, we've got a lovely gentleman coming over from Italy. We've got another man coming from Russia. You know, so So it's eclectic. It's a a a real, really good mix. But then you've also got you know your well-known acts. as well so uh, you've got Ignacio Lopez who was on Show Me the Funny a few years ago. Um, Nick Hall as well is also um, quite well known on the circuit. And then we've got the Committee Improvised Comedy, which is made up of uh, a number of really, really well-known acts. And uh, they've been on BBC One, BBC Three and Channel Four. Okay. So y- y- you get a really nice mixture of comedians who are brand new to this and they want to try things out. And that's the beauty of the the Fringe is. We've had um, really well-known acts try out yeah. their act at the Fringe, um, and then go on to be really well-known artists. So uh, that's the exciting yeah. part of of the Fringes that you might see someone at the very beginning of their <laughs> of their career. At as the start, well. I remember
1: when I saw them in Reading.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I guess what, what what's the aim of the Fringe? What, what's the what's the what's its kind of goal?
0: Well, the aim of The Fringe is really to give a platform to people, an affordable platform to people, uh, to artists in particular, both locally and and beyond Reading. And and what's really beautiful is that... that um, melting pot of cultures kind of coming together. And we always have a really lovely atmosphere during the Fringe. And and actually international artists that have been to Reading have um, over the years formed relationships with our local artists. And this year, for the first time, um, they're creating work together, international artists and Reading artists, especially for Reading. So you won't actually see that piece of work go out anywhere else. And I think that's one of the really exciting... uh, catalysts that uh, Reading Fringe has been yeah. able to kind of uh, set off um, and, and the purpose is, is really to entertain people, we want to make <laughs> people happy, yeah, you know, cool. and, and, and it's exciting, it's nice to have something yeah. um, like this, you know, you can go out of an evening and rather than just going to the pub, which is really nice as yeah, well so, uh, we it's we lovely a pub, pub. Yep. Um, but if you don't want to drink every day you know, it's nice to have something <laughs> else to do as well um, it's, it's a really varied programme Um, but that's the aim it's really to uh, create a platform for uh, an affordable platform for artists but it's also to really entertain people and and this year our um, theme is connect uh, create uh, connect collaborate and create and the reason that we really feel that that's an important theme this year is because we spend so much time on our phones yeah and and all of the conversations now around mental health it's really one of the big things is that they found is that we've become disconnected so we're probably more connected than we've ever been but we're (laughs) we're, we feel really disconnected from the world that we live in and actually one of the things about art music you know ready pop festival or or theater or just an art experience in general is that you're experiencing that with other people and and what you know those moments that are created where you kind of catch someone's eye that you don't know and you go I have no idea what's going on in this or this is brilliant you know those moments are are, are few and far between nowadays because we spend so much time staring at our phones and that's one of the reasons why it was really important for us to bring in the station as well we're we're doing pop-up events at the station because that to us represents the commuter life, yeah. and the fact that you sit on the train and you just stare at your computer <laughs> uh, or, or your phone, you know. And, and we really wanted to bring people's heads up from yeah. their phones. Yeah.
1: The trouble is, when you bring the head up in the train, it's usually someone's armpit, yeah, that's yeah, the only, that's, only trouble yeah, there. Yeah,
0: that's, that's maybe something we didn't <laughs> think about. I, I say this from experience yesterday, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the only yeah.
1: reason. And I feel a bit like reading at the moment, and it might just be because I've spent the last 25 weeks interviewing people who. Are kind of doing all of this this sort of stuff, the sort of the, the culturally stuff. I feel a bit like Reading's undergoing a bit of a a, a a revolution. I want to say maybe, like obviously with the Abbey opening and and some of the other things going on. Obviously the the, the food, the mar- food markets, and and it feels a little bit like 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 Reading is undergoing a little bit of a transformation. Is that you've been involved in this much longer than I have? Do you do you feel that as well, or is it just kind of slowly moving along?
0: No, I think that. Um, every, I'm a great believer in um, development cycles, mm. and and we're at a, a point in our development cycle in terms of the arts, which is really quite exciting. And I th- when I moved here about um, eleven years ago now, um, I w- there was so much going on, but it was just beneath the surface. Yeah. And I think a couple of catalysts have been, you know, kind of the running year of culture, yep. which really forced people. To get not force people, but encourage people together, and um, I think that we've all operating in in this uh, you know um, environment. We've all kind of come together a bit more yeah. as well, yeah. and and um, been excited by one another's projects, and and we've each helped one another to the next step and collaborated a yeah. lot more. And I think that makes such a big difference.
1: It, it seems like, uh, and I'm, I might be, uh, I might be making a, a massive leap, but it seems like it's kind of um, the, the summer, or the, like there's a lot going on over the summer at the moment, and um, I'll, I'll just grab that. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Um, it seems like starts at, starts with the Reading Beer Festival and probably ends with the Reading Festival, and then in between there's so much other other stuff going on, and that that seems like a real positive for the town. I yeah,
0: think. it's. I think it's really exciting, and and we've got lots of things to shout about. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's only just now because I always feel like Reading maybe was a bit down on themselves, and you know, or ourselves, yeah. and and we didn't really want to celebrate the fact that we lived here. Um, <laughs> And that's kind of the thing but now it feels like people are really proud of where they come from yeah. and that's really nice we have a lot of things that we can go to and enjoy
1: i think that's i think that's a really really good point and really excellent that i do agree i think people it's starting to feel a little bit a little bit more proud to kind of be from here and i just wanted to ask you a little bit about yourself um how did you get involved in reading fringe
0: um i started it six years ago so
1: it was your it was your idea it was your your, your baby so to speak without the, without the obvious yeah, point that yeah, yeah, you are yeah. holding a baby
0: currently <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah my, other, my yes. other child yeah no I, I, we, um, I was up at university um, in in Scotland and I for the last year of university I decided that I was going to go to the Edinburgh Fringe for yeah. the full month and I went and I really loved it really really loved the vibe that it gave the town and um, loved the people I just thought it was one mm. of the best experiences I've ever had and um, and when I got to Reading, uh, for the the size of the town, I was really surprised that there wasn't already a fringe. And I know that there's been there have been a couple of fringes in the past that have sprung up, and then for one mm. reason or another, have decided that you know they're going to stop. Um, and so uh, when when I when I moved here. Um, a few years later I'd met a few people in the arts community and two of the other people that I started it with Gemma Wells and um, Tom Selwood uh, we just kind of said yeah let's let's give it a go let's try it we, we uh, socialized the idea with yeah. other local artists and they said yeah cool let's give it a go so um, yeah that was the first year 2013 <laughs> Ooh, bless bless you. You. <laughs> <laughs> we had 48 Uh, shows i think over five days and this year we've got 120 over five days so it's really grown.
1: (laughs) quite a quite a nerve-wracking experience do you find or yeah
0: i i think uh, talking to other people who are involved in in festivals is that uh you you just it it is really all-consuming so we we start the planning process a week after we've Finished yeah. the last fringe, so it's a year of build up, and really, you just kind of hope that people enjoy what yeah, you do yeah. and have what's on at the first. I think it's
1: probably a mark that it's still growing, that um, that it's obviously still it, it, that people are enjoying it because if it's still growing and it's still going, then. Then they must be. So uh, you, oh, know, you can't you. really argue with that. I don't think <laughs> um, I will aim to get to something this year. That'd be great. And that would be, be lovely. <laughs> um, I have one final question. I call this the Pete Hefferin question because, uh, the, and as our regular listeners will know, um, we had Pete from Shed Cafe on, and it turns out after the uh, after we turned the mics off, he revealed that he was in Pete and the Pirates, the uh, oh yes. n- the Norties uh, indie band. So yeah. um, some, tell us something that we wouldn't know about you necessarily.
0: Um. I once uh, had the riot police on standby for <laughs> for a show that I directed. <laughs> what was the show? It was called Corpus Christi and it uh, caused a little bit of a stir um, because I had made a very silly comment to a reporter Who then took that comment completely out of context and published it in a um, tabloid newspaper. (laughs) And um, so then we had uh, a lot of people get very upset about the play and uh, protest a lot throughout. We even had one student. Uh, climb up on top of the chapel protesting oh, wow. the uh, the show. So yeah, so that that's maybe one thing that people. <laughs> <laughs> about
1: me. That's fantastic. I'm really glad I asked the question. Um, can we? Where can we find out about that? Did, is it? Uh, yeah. Was there a is there a website for the show? I mean, obviously it's probably it's not running anymore. I guess. But, no. Um, where where was the is there was there a website for it or anywhere we can find out a little bit more? Well,
0: I think if you Google my name, okay. Um, it still pops up. I think I have to be quite careful about yeah. what name I give sometimes, <laughs> um, because I've also been stopped by the secret police in China. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just generally get yeah. myself into trouble a little bit with the arts. So <laughs> that's
1: that's that's absolutely fantastic. Thank you for uh, thank you for, for sharing that one, journalists Say. Eh? Um, Jujie, thank you for coming in. Really thank appreciate you very much it. For having um, me. Oh, I'm sorry. How much are tickets? Where oh, can so you get tickets? It
0: ranges from free to fifteen pounds. Okay. And um, oh no, so okay. good. Oh. Um, and you can get your tickets from www.readingfringe.festival.co.uk.
1: Great, Jujie. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Cheers.
0: I'm Jujie Lindsay from the Reading Fringe Festival, and you're listening to the Real Reading Podcast.
1: That was, uh, that was my conversation with Juju about Reading Fringe. Um, the, the, the story at the end, uh, she was just talking about um, when she was directing a play. It was up at uh, St Andrew's University. Uh, that was quite an interesting interesting story. Um, Jenny, you have been to Reading Fringe before. I
2: have, um, many, many times. Sadly,
1: for some reason, I it's not something that I've quite cottoned on to yet. But I'm going to try to go this year and see, see something or, or go to an event. But tell us a little bit about your experiences.
2: It is. A, it's an absolutely cracking event. Um, Gigi launched it herself, I think. Is this the sixth year that they've been it? Yes, yeah, from what she was saying. Um, I think it was this, her and two other people. Yes. And and the Reading post, as we were then and now Get Reading, have been kind of involved in supporting it since its launch. Um and it's just grown and grown and grown. I think the the first year that it launched, myself and Caroline Cook, who is the old features editor at the Reading Post, covered as many of the plays as we could between the two of us. They weren't all plays; mm. but there were musical performances and dance and comedy. And even you know, between the two of us, in its first year, we couldn't cover all <laughs> of it. Um, and now it's just it's just absolutely huge. I think they've probably got about a hundred. Yeah, she said there was over definitely the over a hundred. And just so many different, like, there's something for everyone, if you like dance, if you like comedy, if you like kind of informative educational talks there's things for children there are music nights there's just so much going on and most, like a lot of it is local talent, so you get to see people in Reading doing something a bit different and I I, I can't recommend going enough, You, I'm not sure whether you can do them anymore, you, you used to be able to buy a, kind of like a uh, I can't, I can't think of the the term I'm looking for, but kind of like a pass, which would get you access into a okay. number of the performances. I'm not sure whether you can still do that or whether you have to buy tickets individually. But if those are available and you want to see quite a few things, they are worth it because there is so much going on. You can just walk around Reading Town Centre for a day jumping in and out of different venues and loads of different venues get involved as well like purple turtle the penta hotel i think they're going to have the dome again at station hill or some kind of venue again at station hill it's
1: usually said there was going to be a circus tent in broad street mall um all that kind of thing which sounds very very exciting and any of that information um tickets and all of that will be on the website which is uk.
2: and our what's on writer Deja has also done kind of her pick of the the best shows at the fringe that you should definitely go and watch if you've got time
1: to we'll dig that out and put that in the show notes so when you download the podcast you'll have it in the show notes at the bottom you can click on it and go and have a quick read John have you you had anything to do with the fringe festival do you know about it
3: no well I've I've, I've obviously heard of it but I've never been along to any of the unfortunately, but um, we should
1: go. We should, find, we should yeah, find. We should find something should to go to. And yeah, we'll go. Is we'll this like forward. the
3: equivalent of Edinburgh? Just down south.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's a bit smaller, and you kind of have less kind of big, fewer big names in in Reading than you do in Edinburgh. Edinburgh's been going for for years and years and years, and obviously has a massive following. But it is, it's it's all kind of a similar thing. Is it is fringe fringe acts? So it's not mm. something that you'd see at the Hexagon or. On the on the West End, they are smaller, kind of more niche, interesting acts. All all a bit different. You can like you can go from sitting in stand up comedy to watching a, a play, kind of teaching the audience audiences about suicide. Like it's 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 massively varied and and really great
1: diverse range of subjects sounds good Uh, looking forward to it we'll have to see if we can um, we're going to try and see if we can get a couple of the acts on the podcast going forward and see if we can maybe get a few people in the room see what we can do so just look out for those we will try. Um, There is no random question this week because um, the random question is all about growing up in Reading uh, and we've only got Jenny John as we've discovered grew up in Portsmouth which is far too far away um, I grew up from somewhere else nearby but not here so we'll we'll move on from that however uh, one of the things that I pinpointed early on um, John when we were talking about getting you on the podcast about a week ago um, I remember you have an inherent hatred of something in Reading that none of us understand and we wanted to talk about it and try and convince you so um, John you hate Reading Station um,
3: yes uh, well Hate's quite a strong word, isn't it? Mm, don't think it is. That's what well, you've it said. It is, but
1: you've repeatedly used it. Yeah,
3: repeatedly. <laughs> well, I'm just not a fan of it, unfortunately. Why not?
1: Explain. Um... Talk to us.
3: Well, I mean, how long have you got? Uh,
1: uh... <laughs> um,
3: there's I just, mean, there's just there's like, no there's there's like I'm afraid there's just numerous aspects to it which I don't like. I mean, just the overall appearance of it, first of all. What, new? It should be a nice... nice. No, it's not. It's, it should be a nice, eye-catching landmark, modern. But there's no. I, I'm just looking out no the window. Real front face to it, Well, apart from the, maybe the Cavendish side, but even then, it's it's. Where is like the big entrance hall? Where are the where where are the big? There's three of them,
1: John. <laughs> There's three big entrance halls. Uh, it,
3: there
2: really is. There's one no big entrance hall. It's, it's where Marks and Spencer is, and all the and, and all the ticket machines and Burger King. That's, that's not a that's big entrance hall. That, it that's
3: it's all crowded in there. That that, that I told you we, we haven't got long enough. This <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, I thought that that where the uh, Marks and Spencer is and, and the old um, well Burger King and, and things like that. That's all the old bit. I didn't know why that that wasn't modernised as well. I, it was, it's as if they've like done done three quarters of it, but left the quarter which is the busiest. All the old bit. And I'm sorry, but if you're a um, a traveller coming to 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 Reading, a tourist um, or anyone coming for the day or something, it's not a very good first impression. I would say if you've got a nice brand new station, and you you come across with these kind of old ticket machines, um, they've all just been upgraded. All, all the shops no I don't care there is it's all cramped in there there's, there's no big sign saying where, where the trains are going um, the, the uh, have the, you been the, to Reading Station you, have the, you ever been there the, the ticket booths uh, there's, there's almost only about three people on so there's always a massive queue even at rush hour times and it's just not a nice experience it's a stressful experience and it's it's really drafty it's all just <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Oh. Um, I'm sorry it's, When, you, when you, if you class a nice new station you go on the continent and you see lots of really good ones but Reading, I'm, I'm sorry it's not a nice experience Basically. I, I go through it a lot and, and uh, you know, I, it's, it's, this is not just on, on one impression I think Jonathan
2: it, just doesn't like it because it's not Charles, Charles de Gaulle is that how you say it? Charles de Gaulle Charles de Gaulle In the Guardian. well no no not quite that
1: God knows what he thinks when he goes it, it, to Birmingham it's New Street not, uh,
2: but it's, bizarrely it's, it's, it, can, it could have been so really much better he West Station it could yes so he's got better, a strange which love which doesn't even have a bridge anymore yeah well I don't want to say I really
3: like it I mean it's it's efficient and does the job and it's functional.
2: Are you joking? You have to um, walk around the entirety of Reading to get from one platform to
3: the other. I haven't enhanced it since, uh, <laughs> since the changes, but um, I uh, can't go too far on with that. But as I say, just just Reading Station, I say I, if, if I was coming here for the first time, it's not the impression I would want to give of Reading, um, and don't get me started on when you walk out, because no, we won't. That's, that's, we won't. The, that's not really a good sight either. <laughs>
1: I think think just from the laughter um, we kind of knew the response we would get from John uh, when we asked him the question and I think both of us completely disagree Um, it's massive, it's great and it's nice and modern and shiny and it's strangely... I mean I don't feel
2: strongly one way or the other to be honest with you John
1: makes me feel strongly in the opposite direction (laughs) yeah Um, <laughs> anybody else got any opinions on uh, Reading Station, a positive or negative? We would love to hear them. Uh, and if anybody wants to come on and just dispute what John has just said, then uh, we can we have would,
3: Network Rail up next
1: year. Oh, may well be. Yes, hopefully.
2: Hopefully. That hopefully. Could set you
1: straight. Yeah, I mean they've even made it blue, the colour of the team. For heaven's sake.
3: Yes, but there's no. It's. Do you
1: think that's why they did it? I reckon. Well, I would think so. You've got to choose a colour, haven't you? So that's probably why they did it. Um, OK, just moving on from that, because otherwise we yes. may well be here all week. Well, it
3: doesn't even say Reading Station. No, Jonathan,
2: John, we're moving I, we're on. We're moving on. This we're is how podcasts on.
1: work. We're moving on. Um, right, Jenny, uh, just to finish off, events.
2: Yes, we've got a very busy weekend coming up, but I've picked out do. three of my favourite sounding events. Um, first of all, do you fancy your chances taking on... The world's longest inflatable obstacle
1: course um, no because I'm incredibly unfit at the moment oh. I'll probably fall in straight away I would think
2: well if you've ever watched Total Wipeout or It's a Notch Out or Takeshi's
1: t- Castle Takeshi's Car- Castle. Castle that's, that's it, it. To cheeky. Um, the cheeky Castle whatever there's
2: another ninja warrior that's it yeah there's it's all it's sorts called. of things if you've watched those and thought these guys are rubbish I could do a much better job of that then you're in luck the 1,000-foot inflatable obstacle course Labyrinth Challenge is coming to the Outpost Activity Centre in Richfield Avenue this weekend. Okay. That's kind of like the, the bit of land where I think a school might eventually be built next to Rivermead Leisure right. Okay. Um, there is going to be a huge village offering more than the Inflatable Obstacle Course. There's going to be slides, bouncy castles, laser wow. tag... We always wanted laser tag in Reading. Well, we? laser, laser quest, yeah. but we'll
1: take laser tag.
2: Um, there's going to be football games, inflatable football, volleyball, crazy golf, basketball, and much, much more. Um, that is on Saturday, July 21st and Saturday, Sunday, July 22nd. It's a bit pricey, but you get unlimited day access to kind of everything that's going on in the village. It's £20 per person. Um, children under 10 pay £15. Okay. You have got to book your tickets online, so search Labyrinth Challenge Reading for if you fancy booking tickets to go to that. Uh, on the other side of the spectrum, Beale Park in Lower Basildon this weekend is hosting the World Yoga Festival, which is the biggest yoga festival in Europe. Um, they've got people from the Yoga Institute of Mumbai coming along to to coach. Wow. And that is kind of the, the, the world's oldest school of yoga. Um, there's going to be kind of classes. Um, just, just a very relaxing environment, I can imagine. Um, and tickets start at £12 pounds for that. Um, that's from Thursday to Sunday. And then finally... Um, just because I went to go and see it last week yep. and it was absolutely fantastic. Progress Theatre is performing Much Ado About Nothing in Reading Abbey Ruins, which is such a wonderful setting. Yeah, yeah um, I can imagine. It's really cool. It's been modernised a little bit, although not enough for us to consider it modern. Um, it's set during <laughs> the Second World War. Um, and, and and yeah, I'd really recommend going. If you can get tickets to, to that, it's on kind of every night until Saturday. And, Oh, so that would just mean Friday and Saturday in this case, wouldn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah Sorry. <laughs> um, tickets for that are twenty-two pounds. Okay. And um, yeah, the acting's brilliant, the setting's brilliant, and you can pick up a jug of pins from the blue collar bar. That's set nice. Our
1: well. old oh, mate's blue collar. Good. What um,
2: happens if it rains? Take an umbrella with him. Okay.
1: Yeah, just like Vladimir Putin did in the uh, finale oh, of the <laughs> World Cup. <laughs> so that was so funny. <laughs>
2: oh I don't know what the Croatian I can't remember what her name was but Macron was just absolutely soaking she was absolutely soaking everyone was soaked through and Putin was just driving under his
1: umbrella. make sure Vlad's okay yeah (laughs) that was was, because you'd see the guy just stood behind him just like going yeah I'm pulling a face. Obviously, no one can see that. I'm pulling a face, but yeah, I thought that that was rather good. Well, I did find
2: it hilarious, like right at the end, just as the last play I was going through, all of these people turned up with umbrellas, like we're really yeah. looking in a panic. <laughs> <laughs> we should have been here ages ago.
1: Oh, yeah. Philip's ruined a very good, very expensive suit there. I would think as well. <laughs> I don't suppose
2: that no
1: probably not um, John thank you very much for coming on sorry for thank ambushing you. you with Reading Station but I thought it would be funny it's fine um, that'll be your selling was. selling point for the show yeah.
2: won't it I think. It's sorry oh. I dropped something
1: um, <laughs> so thank you for coming along John I do appreciate it um, have you enjoyed your your experience yeah
3: been alright good, good. All right.
1: hate mail tomorrow I feel make. free to uh, invite
3: might back on but I guess you might want to See who else is out there. Well, he will be back next week. Yes,
1: he he will, probably. I don't
3: know. The dull set of tones he's
1: um, okay, if you're enjoying our prattlings about Reading, and if you've come this far, then we're assuming you must be. Please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Friday morning. If you want to get involved in the show, you can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod. Uh, find us on Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast. We're on Instagram, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, John, if anybody wants to find you on Facebook, what's your. What is this? Get Reading FC, isn't it? And. Yes, um.
3: um Get Reading, Reading FC News. And the Twitter is... Uh, Twitter, we're on at Get Reading FC.
1: Excellent. So we're all your latest Reading FC news. Um, If you know anyone who you think would be great to interview for the podcast, please do let us know. The only prerequisite is that they must live or work in the town and most importantly, they must love Reading. Um, That is all for now. We will see you in a week. Bye. Bye!
0: I'm Shishi Lindsay from the Reading Fringe Festival and you're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.